This episode is brought to you by Social Cipher. I'm really excited to share this great new video game we just played in my house called Ava, and it's created by a company called Social Cipher. Social Cipher's mission is to represent and empower neurodivergent youth by teaching self-advocacy skills and self-confidence through social-emotional learning. This is such a cool game, and it follows Ava, an autistic space pirate, as she navigates her way through social challenges, self-doubt, and connecting with her community. Ava is helping kids in over 220 schools and therapy centers across six countries build the social-emotional skills they need to better navigate everyday life. Social Cipher is excited to share that they've just released a brand new game mode called World Builder. World Builder lets players design and create their own fantasy world while exploring the building blocks of social-emotional learning. It's time to design a world with your own creative and adventurous spirit, whether it's building a home, a pirate ship, or anything else you can dream up. For more information, visit socialciphergame.com. That's S-O-C-I-A-L-C-I-P-H-E-R-G-A-M-E.com and use the code THEAUTISMDAD to get 15% off and start playing today. Welcome to the Autism Dad Podcast. I'm Rob Gorski. This show is inspired by my own personal journey as a full-time single dad raising three autistic kids. It's all about special needs parenting, the challenges we face every single day, as well as some of the things we have to learn to navigate along the way. This season, we're gonna put a major focus on empowering and educating parents. We're gonna talk all about building a community of support around your family, the importance of self-care, as well as connecting with services and resources that are vital when it comes to raising a child with special needs. So be sure to check us out at listen.theautismdad.com, subscribe on your favorite podcast listening app, sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. On this week's episode of the Autism Dad podcast, I sat down with my friend Mikey Goldman, and we had a very honest conversation about what it's like to live with ADHD and anxiety. Uh, Mikey has struggled with ADHD and anxiety his entire life. I have struggled with anxiety for most of my life, and I was diagnosed with ADHD about a year ago at the time of this recording, and it's not easy. Like, it really isn't. I, I, am, I am still learning to better understand myself. I'm learning to work with myself. I'm learning to forgive myself and give myself grace because, um, you know, it, it's tough. It, like it's, it's hard, and it's so hard to explain to people what it's like if you don't experience it firsthand. And, you know, Mikey talks about what this journey has been like for him, what the struggle has been, you know, through his childhood into adulthood. And we also talk about how he used his experience to create a solution to help himself and how he recently made that solution available to everyone. Uh, and it's helping countless people. So, you know, I, I think it's always good to better understand what someone else is going through. And, you know, I, I think that, uh, Gaining insight into something like ADHD can, can help you better understand the people in your life who may be dealing with it. So thank you all so much for taking the time to tune in. I really, really appreciate it. And I hope you enjoy the interview. Uh, thank you so much for taking the time to come on the show. I really appreciate it. Uh, you and I have had a couple of conversations uh, recently. Could you, could you take a minute and introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about who you are and kind of what your, what your journey has been like? Yeah, thank you so much for having me. It, it is very exciting to finally, you know, sit down and talk with you about this. Um, so my name is Mikey Goldman. I am the founder and CEO of Quiet Mind. Quiet Mind is really a wellness brand that is providing resources in two forms, whether it's a physical product or then an outlet in education, blogs of the sort to provide people with ADHD, anxiety, stress, mental health issues, autism, anything of the sort and be, you know, under those two umbrellas where a person can come and they can find the support in that way. Um, and it was created because of something that, you know, I just wanted to have for myself, for my own journey, uh, through the struggles that I've had growing up with ADHD, anxiety, and some mental health stuff. And so that's where, you know, the company was founded a little over two years ago. And we, uh, we came out with our first product, which is the, the world's first, you know, weighted pillow. And I'm, I'm really excited about this because for a couple of reasons, one, I'm newly diagnosed with ADHD and having a chance to, like, I, I mean, I talk to people all the time, but like talking to someone who has been on that journey for a long time, uh, like, I, I feel like I can learn something from this to help me better understand who I am. And I think it's important that we talk about this stuff because it raises awareness. 
So uh, I've been looking forward to having this conversation. Um, could you could you just talk a little bit about what like ADHD was for you as you were growing up? Like what kind of challenges you faced? Because I think there's a lot of stereotypical things when it comes to ADHD, which is partly why I never recognized it in myself until I was 43. Um, and, I, and I think it's helpful to kind of learn everybody's story. Yeah, I think the the first way I, I really noticed it growing up where there was more than just sort of the the random little kid outbursts, I would have these like over outbursts of emotion where you didn't really know what was happening with your body because some type of sound, some type of sensation, some type of really stimulation would interact with my chemistry of my brain. And it would really affect me to this point where something was going on and I just blew up and I couldn't control it. And I started to notice these type of things where the simplest way for me to kind of understand what my ADHD was and where the sensory processing disorder was taking place, where if I was sitting in a class, it's a quiet room and I hear a clock ticking, tick, 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 oh. tick, or I was at a sleepover and I would, you know, be, be nighttime, we're going to bed and then the clock's ticking. Something about that sound infuriated me. It would completely take over my mind. It would completely consume every thought I had. And I boiled up inside where I could not control anything. I couldn't focus. I couldn't think. And it was something that my mind hyper-focused on. And I always thought this was strange because, you know, especially for you're taking a test, you're going to a sleepover, things that normal kids are doing. Why was it that I physically could not be in that environment and do it? And then that's what would cause these, you know, extreme outbursts of emotions, especially if um, I was in more of a public facing, public facing place or with my parents where. I couldn't control those emotions because it was just so intense. Mm -hmm. And so that was really the the first sort of way I noticed that something was going on. But then, you know, growing up too, ADHD was no one was talking about it. Um, and it was as my mom always referred to. I just had ants in my pants. <laughs> I mean, I was just this hyperactive kid who was like all over the place, bouncing off the walls. Yeah. But it was too extreme. And that was where you could tell where. The highs were really high and the lows were really low. And it wasn't your average, okay, he's throwing a fit and then he gets over it. It was something inside internally takes you to that next level and it doesn't feel right. That was so, when you talked about the ticking of the clock and how that made you feel, there's, there's something called mesophonia. I think it's mesophonia where we're like certain sounds create this visceral reaction inside that makes you like angry, right? For me, it's chewing. If I hear somebody chew, I like, I get angry and you like, it feels really awful because there's no reason to do that, but it's just, there's like certain things that are just triggering. And I, th the more that I have sort of learned about ADHD and whether or not that's related to ADHD, I don't know. It's just a thing that I deal with, but there's a lot of people that are triggered by those sounds. And with the, the ticking of the clock, like it wouldn't make me mad, it, but it would, it would be the only thing I could hear. It, like I would be hyper-focused on that and I couldn't make it go away. Like you can't tune it out. The way you say the only thing you can hear, that could not be more accurate. If I go to a movie, you know, I've gone to the movie theater before and if I'm the person's next to me, if they're chewing their popcorn <laughs> and it's that one kernel going in and out, that is something where I get so frustrated because it's, there are all types of sounds where it's some sound that overtakes my control and emotion and I will, I can't focus on the movie. I can't enjoy myself. And inside I'm sitting there boiling and just, it, yes. So I, I fully know what you mean. And it's, it's, that's where, you know, I think the ADHD kind of lends itself to the sensory processing disorder yeah. and the, there's more going on where something with how I process sound is not regulated correctly. And my nervous system isn't handling it correctly or regulating it to what quote unquote, the normal way of doing it mm -hmm. is. And so these sounds in all different shapes and forms my mind will hyper-focus and that's where the ADHD side comes is what is your mind hyper-focusing on? And that's the part that I, you know, it's a love-hate relationship with it because there are things which we, you know, which has got, got me here with this hyper-focusing. And then there are just some things where you hyper-focus and you literally want to lose your mind because you don't know how to get rid of that, that emotion. And it's so strong. And so, yeah, the chewing, I mean, it's funny when you said chewing, the inverse of that that actually helps me is chewing gum. Because chewing gum acts, activates 
this other stimulation and almost acts as like my an internal fidget spinner. Really? Where instead of using my hand to, my hand to, you know, hold one of those little things or rubbing something or using the like a, a physical product for a fidget spinner, chewing gum activates a sense in me and starts processing and regulating my system more normally because I can then focus on that little chunk, chunk, chunk myself. So there's all these little tools and tricks that I've had to learn and look into to how how I can combat almost the the unwanted sounds that just make me lose my mind. That's that's really interesting because like I always have packs of gum. Um I I didn't I never thought about it as is that would be why? Maybe it's like sort of self-medicating kind of uh or 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 self-soothing, I guess. Yeah, it's so it's it goes into kind of later with, you know, one of the senses mm-hmm. um, out of the eight senses. It's actually the proprioceptive one. And this is something that which is one reason I've loved what I've been doing is because then I get to look into this and, you know, figure out why are these so satisfying to me. And it's the proprioceptive, which goes into these weighted products, these weighted pills I was talking about. But when you're activating the muscles, the tendons, the ligaments, the joints, that is what is helping regulate your nervous system. And keep things, you know, um, uh, keep things equal with each other. And so by the chewing the gum, you're activating those muscles inside of your jaw. You're activating the joints uh, with, you know, where it connects. And, you know, it's actually not great for my TMJ and all that. But (laughs) I chew so much gum because then you're able to control the other symptoms that otherwise wouldn't be there. And then, yes, there's the nice little kind of chomp, chomp, chomp sound. Yeah, I never would have I never would have connected those. I mean, it's the same thing like if you, you know, some kids love to chew on their shirt. There are people who absolutely during sports, especially they're chewing on their shirt and chewing on your shirt is another way because people do all these things where you're trying to figure out, okay, I'm taking in stimulation and the stimulation is activating one of those eight senses and that is telling my body to do a function. So for people, if they're able to activate one of those senses and then regulate their system, they can enhance something else. So people who are chewing on their shirt, they're then going to focus more on the game because it's taking away thought that might be there elsewhere. Same thing with you chew on a necklace. People love chewing on their necklaces. Kids, you know, I mean, I don't know if this is totally related, but with people with kids, you know, sucking on a binky. Mm-hmm. Um, as a kid, I grew up sucking my thumb. It was one of those things that was very hard to get over because that sensation calmed me down. You're doing a movement. You're 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 taking away other stimulation. That's so interesting. I I'm learning. Like for me, ADHD is for me. It's more the executive function part of it. It's it, like I don't have. I wish that I had that excessive energy. I wish that I, you know, could just go a thousand miles an hour sometimes. But it's it's like the focus and organization and all that kind of stuff that I've struggled with. So it didn't like it didn't present the same way like my kids did. They're all over the place. And so it never really clicked with me that, that I could have ADHD and just not present that way. Uh, but you know, when you learn something like this about yourself, you can, and and then you look back on your life, it's like all those pieces just start to fit together (laughs) and it, and it forms Mm -hmm. this picture that's like, oh, okay, well that makes sense. Now I, I would have never connected the two or, you know, you blame yourself for not being able to do something because you think like, it's so easy, you should be able to do it. But now you have an understanding of, of why you couldn't do it. And there's a legitimate reason for it. And, you know, knowing this stuff helps you to better adapt and to better manage it and, and things like that. And um, so, so like when, when you were a kid, how, like, how did you, how did you manage it? Yeah, I think the, the part that's really tough for parents and especially for kids and why when growing up, ADHD was almost this, oh, that's not a thing because you're just lazy. People do confuse laziness or lack of maybe executive function with just laziness. Mm-hmm. And there's this weird, you know, push and pull that happens internally with, you know, an ADHD brain where they'll talk themselves back and forth. And it's that commitment and that actual structure is what helps. But when they don't have the structure, that is the part where you just waffle back and forth in your mind consistently, constantly, and you can't actually get to the decision. So as a kid, it was funny. I was always one of those kids who the outside world was the place for me. And this was obviously, you know, before uh, phones and before, you know, real video games and all that stuff. But so if, if I was in the outside world and I was building, I was using hands, 
hand movement and being able to solve a problem, that was the way it was. You're going to, you can control your ADHD because it goes into that hyper focus. It goes into body movements and it's activating as many different senses as possible where there's the sense of touch. There's the sense of, you know, uh, you're hearing, you're smelling, whether it's you're climbing a tree, you're building something, um, you feel the pressure, you feel it on your fingertips when you're hammering something. And so that was always the stuff that made me the most calm was it when I was physically putting things together uh, and felt, you know, normal because you're like, hey, this is easy. This is really fun. I'm good at this. Um, and I never really understood why I was so good at that type of stuff. And it would not translate to the school because it was two totally different environments. Two totally different environments. And my and I was just talking on a Facebook Live today. My my youngest is sort of the opposite of that. When he was diagnosed, it took a little while because like we were seeing one behavior at home and the school was seeing something totally different. And so at school, he was very calm, very engaged, very focused, all that stuff. He comes home and he's like everywhere, right? And and so they wouldn't diagnose him because they're like, well, if he's not struggling at school, then what's the problem, right? He's not medicated. He's not struggling. What's the problem? And what we found out was that school was just his thing, right? So like you had your thing, like fixing things and putting things together and solving problems. His was learning. Like if he was in that environment with that structure and being able to absorb knowledge, he was in the zone. That was like his dopamine fix. When he would come home and not be in that environment is when he would kind of fall apart. and. Uh, so he liked the structure too. Yeah. That, that structure really helped. Yeah. And, and so it took a little bit to actually get the diagnosis cause he had to convince like, he's just one of those kids that just loves learning. Like that's just his thing. It wasn't video games or like cars or something like that. that a lot of kids can hyper-focus on it was learning. And, and so he didn't need medicated for school. He needed medicated when he was home at, at the time, just because he was, I mean, he like was so impulsive. He, he would, I, I remember when he was younger, he jumped off the landing at the top of the steps just because like he, he would act and then think about it later, but like he broke his nose. I mean, there was all kinds of safety things that we had to kind of try and manage on top of the autism and, and everything else. But, uh, that's, that's so, that's so interesting. There's so many, I mean, when you say the safety things, I think this is probably the parents worst, you know, nightmare for children with ADHD. This is something I found the most inter interesting for kind of how our systems regulate and why, you know, a person with an ADHD mind, they need this, you know, almost fix of adrenaline that to feel what a normal brain would almost feel, yeah. which is why things that are crazier, things that are more intense, things that are more, you know, uh, quote unquote scary mm -hmm. are actually better for ADHD people because when you get that hit of adrenaline, you then are, oh my gosh, this is so new. Why don't I get this by some simple task? And so I, I had the same thing growing up. It was like, okay, how high can I climb off a tree and then let me rappel <laughs> down and maybe fall? Or let me go off a jump and jump off a waterfall where someone else says, you know, a nine-year-old might look at them and be like, are you out of your mind? Or skydiving thing, which, you know, comes later on in life. But it's, you're trying to regulate your system because the normal person doesn't get that same input uh, or gets a different input from a much simpler activity yeah because like you know dopamine is that happy hormone right mm -hmm. and so like with adhd brains and there's some new research about whether we're actually like we don't produce enough or we absorb it too quickly uh there's some you know discussion on that but like when you do those types of things you get that adrenaline rush i mean that's a that's a dopamine hit and so like for me i i have to go to the gym every day because yep. because i get that that hit and it helps me focus for the rest of the day. All the noise goes away when I'm, when I'm there and I can think and I can process things and I can, um, sort of naturally manage, uh, those symptoms. And I've just learned that I have to, like, I have to be active. I have to do this. Like I, like for a lot of people, it's like, you know, going to the gym is a luxury and whatever, but like, like I need it in order to function that that's how I, I manage the symptoms myself and, uh, naturally. And, and then, you know, I did go back on meds recently because I just, life is just too crazy with three autistic kids. Um, I needed more help just with the focus part, just to work through the day and stuff like that. But, 
the gym for me is like the most important. If I had to give up one, I would give up the meds before I would give up the gym just because mm -hmm. it's, I, uh, I mean, I use the gym the exact same way. I, I need the gym to wake up, to start my day, to give me that first little bit of here's your first win. Yeah. Here's your first hit of dopamine. Here's your first piece of structure mm -hmm. that's going to set the day off. Because if I don't have that as well, the energy boils up much differently. The thought process that boils up much differently. And so I'm, I'm completely with you where I need that, you know, it's, it's your own internal goal. And then you get that reward. You get that dopamine at the end where you go, yep, this was what I needed. Your body's a little bit more exhausted. So you also are able to kind of clearly assess what's, you know, supposed to follow next in the, in the day versus a million things running through your mind if without the gym and then the day looks way crazier way more chaotic um and it is funny i mean so many people with adhd you know especially when you're starting at the gym or if you start with a trainer at some point and they're like so why are you doing this or you know i get hurt all the time <laughs> and my doctor always says why do you work out and it's not for this sort of purpose of oh i really want to look good and i'm doing it it's you know obviously that's a huge part of it mm -hmm. but it's to really regulate my system yeah and then I get hurt so often because when I have any bit of injury, it's, you know, my, my emotions go really, really high and then really, really low because it just, the gym means so much to me. So I try and push through it and yep. I try and figure out how to work out with the injury, but it just, it, you know, turns into more injuries, <laughs> but it's because of that reward system that you, you need for yourself. Uh, so I, I fully get that, um, to just kind of be able to live a, a happy, healthy life. Yeah. And you know, like it's, I never connected the dots you know, but now that I've learned more about ADHD, it makes sense to me why I gravitate to that and why, um, like if I miss a day, the whole day is shot. Like it, it just, like I can't even get off the ground sometimes, you know, and it, and it seems really whatever, but it's just, a, it's a real thing. Like you just need that in order to balance your brain chemistry out basically, and, and to get you in the right headspace so that you can function, uh, at a higher level for the rest of the day. I mean, it just, it just, it just is that way. And, and I mean, it has a double benefit of like, you get happier and healthier anyways. It'll manage all kinds of things, depression, anxiety, all that stuff too. But it's, it's like self-medicating in a very positive way. Uh, as long as, I mean, you're not like extreme, extreme about it, whatever, but, uh, you definitely don't want to you know hurt yourself, but I, I do the exact same thing. Like my shoulder's been bothering me and, and I just push through it. And my sister's a physical therapist and I don't even tell her about it because I know she's going to yell at me, but you know, we just do what we do because we need to survive. And that's what it feels like. I mean, over COVID it was terrible because I I'm living uh, in Los Angeles, everything shuts down I'm living by myself. And it was, a, your gym gets taken away. And so many people obviously had this. Yeah. And so it's, how do you figure out how to work out around that? But then also because of COVID it turned into even more working out because it was the one thing that you could control. And it's this moving target that, Every time you get to the end of the workout, you feel accomplished, but you're never really satisfied if you continue whatever your goal might be. There's always a moving target that you can't really reach because say you work out for a month. Oh my gosh. Then look at after that month, you're like, wait, I could look even better or I can feel even better mm -hmm. or it just always keeps moving. So it's a puzzle you can't solve. And that's where the problem comes with COVID. It was, okay, I'm going to do it twice a day just because I needed some type of reward system. I needed yeah. some type of dopamine hit. Um, and that's where it can become, you know, the dangerous side of it where the reward system and how it plays with HD. It's a terrifying thing. <laughs> um, uh, it's a fun game to play. It's a slippery slope sometimes. I mean, it, it really it, is. It is. It's, it's like, I guess uh, this is kind of a good segue to, to talk about what you do. How did you, how did you create the weighted pillow? Like what, what connected those dots for you and how, like, how does that help? Like you specifically? Yeah. So when I was growing up, it was, you know, obviously we touched on the ADHD side of things and I knew there was something wrong with, you know, with, with how I processed everything. So we got tested, we did all that testing and it came back. It was, you know, severe ADHD, math dyslexia, which also thank God they told me I had math dyslexia because I thought math was the hardest thing in the entire world. And I was like, there is no way it's just me sitting here and going, what's not connecting. There has to be something external factors. And the fact that I am moving numbers around it. I, yeah, yeah. So thank God I got that. And then it was just this, you know, okay, so we, we, you're going to get extra time. You're going to get all the necessary adjustments. You should also go on ADHD medication. My parents 
at the time said, nope, let's not do this. Uh, we don't want to put you on ADHD meds for uh, multiple reasons. Uh, and, you know, looking back on it, it's crazy to think that that could have been an option. Um, so I go to college and then that's when it was, okay, here, you're on Vyvanse. This is really going to help you. I start Vyvanse and everything changes. I mean, the, the way that these medications actually do help, it is fantastic. Um, and there is a huge need for them. But then this is where the problem came was. So I, I go on Vyvanse, it's my freshman year, things are going well. And I tell my doctor, hey, I'm having issues, um, you know, sleeping and I, I can't fall asleep. And so the doctor says, instead of recommending anything natural, take clonopin. I had no idea what clonopin was. I had no idea it was a benzo, did not really understand the, the point of it. But all I knew was when I took it, I slept like a baby. It was one of the most comforting, warm sleeps of my life and turned into, okay, so I'll take this every night. But then all of a sudden, because you're taking a benzo, I'm taking the Vivance in the morning. I say, hey, I noticed the Vivance is kind of wearing off in the afternoon, but it's the, the Vivance is this XR, you know, mm -hmm. uh, medication. What should I do? He goes, oh, let's take short term Adderall instant release. So now I'm taking the Adderall for the afternoon, the Vivance in the morning, Clonopin at night. And there was never once a, hey, let's let's try something natural, maybe melatonin mm -hmm. or let's see if caffeine helps, because also caffeine anyway has a, oh, yeah, a weird love hate relationship with ADHD yes, it does. Uh, minds. And then so uh, I started developing some anxiety, probably because from the meds I was on or definitely from. And I tell him this and he goes, well, let's take some Xanax because uh, Xanax is more of a shorter term one than the clonopin. And so all of a sudden I'm starting to go through my college career on all these different things. And then I would say, you know, if I'm studying really late because um, it's the cycle, this pattern where hey, you need more and you rely on it. And so I eventually I get, you know, prescribed Ambien because I would be taking Adderall later and I couldn't sleep. And so I have these, you know, five meds in my toolbox and there wasn't the lack or there wasn't the sort of the interest of, hey, let's take you off things. Let's wean you. It was just you're going to be fine. There was no real talk ever of there's going to be a problem down the road. So I graduate. Um, the meds definitely helped with that. But there was also other issues that they caused with. I mean, you, you lose so much weight. You are not able to kind of gain the weight that you normally should uh, because you're not eating as much. And like I looked fine, but I definitely also was very, um, you know, quote unquote, malnourished, uh, just because I, I wouldn't eat that much. And so I graduate, I'm, you know, in the workforce. And this is where really all those four years of meds started to take a toll on me. I was starting to isolate myself. I, you know, I had a girlfriend at the time, and I cared more about work than hanging out with her. I also stayed inside more often, I wouldn't go out because then there's this weird sort of um, internal debate that happens with these meds, because these meds, they're stimulants, they're mm -hmm. making you feel good you feel good on these things. So I'm sitting there, I'm like, I feel great. I could be out there, but I'm not going to because I'm gonna sit here and do work. So this goes on for a long time. My social life completely deteriorates. I'm having more outbursts because I'm on all the meds. You know, I'm fighting with my family. Um, I don't really know why. I wanna be just alone. And then probably the worst thing that happened was because I was taking Clonopin or Xanax for so long, you start having this like the half-life effect where you get reliant on them. Yep. So later in the day, I would get anxiety thinking I had anxiety, but it's in reality because the med from the day before is wearing off. So all of a sudden your system goes, Ooh, you don't like this because you're not regulating your anxiety correctly. So you need to take more. So I can't tell you for three, four years out of college, I would be going somewhere. I'd have to go, if I went to a sporting event, you know, I, I grew up in the Bay area. I'm a big warriors fan. I'd go to a warriors game and I'd have to bring a clonopin with me because around seven 38, I would get crazy anxiety and it was the most unhealthy way to live, um, to live. And it, I didn't really understand it. Finally, I was like, I got to get off all this stuff. Realized obviously the benzo side of things is very dangerous mm -hmm. getting on benzos. I mean, that is one of the worst things you can do. It was, it was a massive problem. You have to titrate when you get off, you have to slowly get down to, you know, um, get off everything and definitely had some weird mind stuff going on. But anyway, the point being through all of this, all the medication, everything that came with it, I just knew I need to figure out how to do this naturally. I've always been fascinated by what can I do naturally to alleviate the symptoms of my ADHD, my mental health. And that's where the workout thing was number one. I always read, hey, fish oil, fish oil, the omega-3 fatty acids, they really help the brain. So that would be another thing I would do. Then as I kept going, it was okay. I switched from drinking coffee to matcha because matcha has L-theanine in it, which is a natural calming uh, supplement. Mm -hmm. 
So you're able to get your caffeine, but there's still some calm in there and it kind of regulates a lot better than if you're drinking coffee that goes all the way up and then straight crashes. Yeah. And so there's this theme and I'm like, okay, weighted blankets pop up, weighted blankets for people who aren't familiar. They're basically just your blanket. They have anywhere from 10 to 30 pounds in them spread out of your body. And what they do is when they put pressure on you, the pressure activates neurotransmitters in your brain to cause an output. Mm -hmm. And this output is calm. Mm -hmm. Blew up over COVID. Absolutely blew up because everyone, you know, was lonely. Everyone had anxiety over COVID. Um, I really liked it. And I thought, okay, here's another tool in my toolbox. Mm -hmm. The problem became moving a weighted blanket is an absolute pain in the ass. Oh, I don't know if I can swear on this. You can swear on yourself. (laughs) Okay. But so moving a weighted blanket is, it's incredibly, it's just, it's just a pain. You go from your couch to your bed, your bed to your couch. And all of a sudden I'm like, you know, I'm not doing this anymore. For whatever reason, mine was 20 pounds and trying to rile. You it's know, like dead weight. 20 pounds. It's dead weight. It just, it, does, it doesn't transfer naturally. Something about it really sucked. And I was like, okay, you're going to stay on my bed. So now it's on my bed. I, I, I like the, the use of it on the bed where what I would do is basically I'd fall asleep either with it on. Then I wake up in the middle of the night. I'm hot. So you wake up yep. in the middle of the night. Everyone knows this. You have you're out of it. You're you're not strong. You're like, oh, my gosh. So trying to take it <laughs> off was a pain in the butt, too. And then the inverse of that, I'd wake up and I'd be cold. And so I try and pull it on. And you're like, God, just get on here. And then it kind of wakes you up because you're pulling 20 pounds. And so one night it just, you know, I sleep with kind of a pillow under me. One night it just hits me. Hey, weighted pillow. And I was like, oh, that's a good idea. Roll over, Google, weighted pillow, nothing. I'm like, this doesn't make any sense. Um, next day, Google, weighted pillow, kept looking. And I'm, I'm kind of sitting there, I'm baffled a little bit. I'm like, wait, why can I not find a weighted pillow? And it was one of those things where, you know, by whatever accounts happened, it just, that's where my hyper focus went. And I go, hold on, weighted pillow. I had a problem. I had an issue with blankets. Blankets are super pro- popular. I let I found the route of a weighted pillow. Why doesn't this exist? Someone else probably has this the same issue. Then I keep, you know, doing the research. I start understanding the research on why weighted products are so helpful, mm-hmm. which we can get into later. I make a prototype. I go, ooh, this really works. Um, I'm like, wait a sec, this can help my ADHD. This is so much more useful than the blanket. This is there's a, a ton of things I'm armed. The wheels are spinning. So finally, I talked to somebody. I, I had a connection from way back in the day. I, you know, I come from software in San Francisco and the tech world, and I knew Nick Woodman, the GoPro founder. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's funny, I was actually afraid to tell my parents about this because you hear weighted pillow and your first probably thought is, what? Like, are you sleeping on weight? You're putting your head. And so I was, I was embarrassed. I was like, they're not going to let me, you know, or not let me. They're not going to approve of me going in on this thing. So I, I, I email Nick Woodman. I go, Nick. Totally different scale, man. We haven't talked in a while, but I had this idea. I'd love to talk to you about it. Nick, you know, gets on a Zoom with me. We, we start talking about weighted pillow, man. Like, this is the idea. I have crazy ADHD. I know this works. I, I went into why it works and he absolutely loved it. So I start talking with Nick about it. And Nick basically says, look, all these kids who are now getting prescribed ADHD medication, mm-hmm. this is a tool for them. This is a way to get a parent to say, Ooh, let's try something other than medication before we jump into mm-hmm. let's medicate our child. Um, and like I said before, medicating children, I, I think there is a need for it. It definitely takes its place, but these things can help alleviate or work together with medication yep. versus maybe increasing medication. And that is what I found so important. And I go, we have something here. And he was the one who gave me the confidence who said, Hey, for whatever you do for, you know, put plan together. If you can't figure out funding for this, I'll invest in you. And that's all I needed to say. Let's go. I mean, this is a complete career change. I jump into consumer products, direct to consumer, no idea about it, quit my job. And I build a company called Quiet Mind with the goal of quieting a person's mind, because I do believe a quiet mind cures all. Mm-hmm. And our first product was the weighted pillow. This episode is brought to you by Goalie. Did you know the University of Michigan did a study that found over 80% of apps for kids are designed to lure them into longer gameplay and more in-app purchases? Goalie decided it was time for this to end. Unlike the Kindle and iPad that have endless ads and potentially dangerous content, Goalie is a tablet with only apps that build independent kids. It has no web browser, no social media, and no ads, ever. 
It has award-winning learning apps like Khan Academy, Duolingo ABC, and Starfall, and the best part? It's completely parent-controlled. In my house, we use Goalie's Kids Calendar to teach my son how to stay on task. He learns life skills like how to make a sandwich by watching one of the hundreds of video classes and can practice it by following along with one of the 50 pre-made routines. As a dad, there's no better feeling than knowing that my son is becoming more independent every day. For more information and to try Goalie risk-free for 30 days, visit getgoalie.com. That's G-E-T-G-O-A-L-L-Y.com and use the code THEAUTISMDAD to save 10%. Okay, so a couple of things. One, I what I really really like is when whether whether it's a parent or or a person who experiences a challenge in life, whether it's, you know, a disability or whatever the situation is, and they create a solution that helps themselves. And then they realize, huh, there's a lot of other people out there like me, <laughs> right? Like there's, this could benefit other people. And then you create a solution that can help other people as well, because you were trying to problem solve something for yourself. And, and that, that's really cool because you, when you, when, when it happens in that way, you, you know, firsthand what it's like to struggle with those things, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and so you know, you want to make sure that what you are providing people works, you know, I mean, like everybody's different. So like, there's no one solution for every person. Right. But way to blankets work for pretty much everyone. And, but they're not without problems. My, you were talking about moving the thing around. We had, a, we had I get weighted blankets sent to me all the time. And we had a 40 pound weighted blanket and my son mm-hmm. used it because he was into that really that deep pressure stimulation and mm-hmm. he was on a top bunk and it's only 40 pounds, but trying to move a 40 pound weighted blanket onto a top bunk, it's not like just picking up something that's 40 pounds and putting it up. I mean, it's, it, it's deceivingly, it's awkward. oh yeah, it's awkward because the weight is mm-hmm. like everywhere. You can't send, I mean, it just, it's not, it's not, it's not ideal. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it just isn't. And uh, I was telling you before we started recording, my kids were fighting over these pillows today and I came home from the gym and my youngest is curled up on the couch with like, like with the, uh, he was using the small one was six pounds, I think six pounds, six, pounds. Yeah. six, nine, 12. Yeah. So he's, he's curled up on a couch, like wrapping his arms around it, just watching TV and, and just chilling, you know? And that was a really cool thing to see. Because if that helps him, then I know that it's going to help other people because he, he, he is a deep pressure person. Like he needs that, that deep pressure. And he really likes the fact that like he can squeeze it and like there's resistance to it. You know, it's not like, it's not like hugging a rock or something like that, but it, but it's like, there's resistance to it. And then it it kind of almost like breathes. So the breathe thing, so there was basically two main things with designing these that I knew had to happen. It needed to breathe in and breathe out with you. Mm -hmm. It had to have this sort of human-like touch to it where I always tell people a stress ball for your body. Think about, Mm -hmm. we have a stress ball for your hand. Why is there no stress ball for our bodies? And weighted blankets, they give you the sense of being hugged, but they don't allow you to hug something. And so I said, yeah. I want to be able to have a product that a person can hug because hugging takes a couple more. It, it, it activates a couple more neurotransmitters, oxytocin, endorphins mm-hmm. that aid in this sort of calming sensation. And so the hugging aspect was huge for me, especially because being with ADHD, you're in your mind. It's lonely as can be. There are real lonely moments. And having that comforting kind of warm embrace of a hug, I, I, I needed that to be this, this important aspect of the pillow because I knew how important it would be if I could give someone a hug. I, you know, I mean, the Surgeon General came out recently. He was like, loneliness is this new epidemic. Yeah, I read about that. And being able to hug was really important. Likewise, you cannot feel the weight. So people are probably thinking, wait, weighted pillow, what the hell? That, that, that's, uh, that's a, it's a weird thing. Like mm-hmm. it doesn't like the weight. cause I was going to ask you if you can explain that because like when you pick up a weighted blanket, it's like dead weight, right? I mean, like, you know, that it's there. This is, it's sort of deceiving the, the mm-hmm. way that it, the way that it works. I mean, like they weigh what you say they weigh. So the weight is there, 
but it doesn't feel like it's heavy, if that makes sense. I mean, and you you're I mean, that's the the best review we could get, because that's exactly what I'm trying to, you know, get people right now as we're getting these out there to to experience with them, because I learned and this is where I, I absolutely like I, I loved the fact that this came to me and I was able to put my passion into helping people with, you know, uh, different mental health uh, or sorry, different ways of learning or uh, mental health issues, because I was able to learn about what works, what doesn't work and why do these help? And basically what's going on is if you feel when you feel pain, it's the sense of touch mm -hmm. and your nervous system is not going to be able to go from fight or flight to rest or digest. The whole goal of blankets, pillows, anything to calm you down is you want to get your nervous system to rest and digest. So by hiding the weight, that had to be the most important thing, because if you did not hide the weight, your body's not going to go to rest and digest and it's just going to kind of hurt. It's not going to feel uh, comfortable. So it took probably too long because I, <laughs> you know, went back and forth. I really focused on how do we do this correctly? And we built this, uh, this really special core. And when I say core, it's the glass beads that make up the weight and the way we intertwined them and sort of created this waterfall effect is actually something we we're able to patent, um, because it was so unique. And then there's a mix of shredded memory foam and the shredded memory foam, the way it kind of blends together, holds this weighted core in the center in place, almost like a gobstopper. And that lets you turn it around, flip it over, and you're not going to lose that, that core weight. But that structure of blending it down sort of as this waterfall where the very center is the longest and then it gets small in the two, you know, top and bottom was what was the magic behind this thing. So you're squeezing it, you're hugging it, and we're hiding the weight because when you put it on your chest, you're going to start activating all these different neurotransmitters and you need to be able to get to rest and digest as quick as possible. Mm -hmm. And so by hiding it, that was the goal. Um, so it's great to hear you say it because, yeah, that's, it's, it is unique. And the 12 pound is it's crazy that it is 12 pounds. I, I still don't understand the sensation of why it doesn't feel like. Yeah, that. we well, my son being who he is, uh, <laughs> he, he stepped on the scale, right? Got his weight and then picked up the pillow yep. and stepped on the scale because to, to, because it, it just doesn't like it doesn't. It, it, I don't know. It's just, it's just deceiving. It, it like, it doesn't, it's kind of hard to, ex well, it's definitely hard to explain. You got to kind of wrap your head around it. And, and it's just, uh, I've never seen anything like that before. And it's just, it, it's, it's really, um, it's a really interesting, it's a really interesting experience and well, go ahead. Sorry. Well, it was fun designing a product for a person with crazy ADHD because you're literally designing something that is going to help you and you know other people will benefit from it. So it was this this hold hug aspect, this what other senses can we touch? And the the fabric was another thing we just sat there and was like you need the soft plush fabric because there's that extra level of padding too that adds to this hiding of weight because there's enough there that when you put your fingers in it, a it's very stimulating. It's very soft, it's very plush, it's you know like this uh Sherpa on steroids type of uh, mm -hmm. <laughs> type of fabric, but that extra cushion adds to even more of this sort of illusion that there's weight inside. But because you're feeling something so soft and cozy, your brain's not recognizing it. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. It, I mean, it, it just I, I I've everyone. I don't know how. I wish I could describe it better, but it's like when you hold it, it just kind of like doesn't make sense. Be like, but it but it is. And it's so sensory friendly. One of the things that I was concerned about, uh, or one of the things that I would be concerned about, even like with blankets and sheets and stuff like that is like the, the, the material that it's made of, like if it sticks to your finger, like microfiber or something like that, like my kids won't, won't have anything to do with it. Mm -hmm. And, and this is just really soft and it's comfortable. And I mean, it, it is, I would use this before I would use a weighted blanket at this point. And we were joking around today. Did you ever play Portal, uh, the game? Uh, I don't. I don't think so. I've heard of that game. Uh, well, they, they have this thing that kind of it's in a ton of memes or whatever, but it's called a companion cube, and it's okay, just yeah, this yeah. cube that you has a little heart on it, and you like use it to navigate stuff or whatever. And and I was I was telling him I was like, man, this is like a little companion cube today because like he was just kind of carrying it around with them, and and it just sort of made him feel better, and he loved just like touching it and. Uh, I mean, he was just kind of snuggling it on a couch and to see him calm like that is, um, it's a very positive thing. I mean, 
the goal was to have a resource. The goal was to give people like me, like your son, people dealing with something, a tool in their toolbox to say, I need to grab this. I need something that is very simple and easy that will help me regulate my system. Unlike the way medication would, where you take it, it's like, okay, calm, but then there's the side effects. This, the whole goal was, hey, this is a tool for your toolbox. This is something so simple and easy, which when I say simple and easy is actually the reason I thought I had missed something. Cause I'm like, how can it be what? this simple? This, <laughs> yes, I, yeah. And honestly, to that point, I feel like weighted blankets are, are almost duping people because what I've learned is when you put the weight on you, so yeah, you, you mentioned it, it's you're activating this deep pressure stimulation, the sense of touch and what it does, your dopamine goes up, your serotonin goes up, your cortisol goes down, your melatonin goes up. And then with the hug, it's oxytocin endorphins, but weighted blankets. If you think about when you put a blanket on you, you get maybe a third of that on top. I, I was and just the thinking other that. Thirds. Yeah. And so what I actually learned, which was almost kind of scared me, was you're now controlling the same DPS um, stimulation, but in a greater condensed mass. So the effects are much more um, beneficial slash increased. So there's times when you could go way up with pillows and then your nervous system is pushing out. You're going, you're, um, you know, all these uh, different hormones are firing, neurotransmitters are firing. And you might not know this new sensation is very overwhelming or it's, you know, there's an adaption phase. And so you're not able to get to that rest or digest because it's so new and it's so stimulating. And that's what's fascinating with these pillows is you're able to control your nervous system so much more efficiently than a blanket would. And that's where, I mean, you know, you said how, you know, rest under your arm or something or a pillow rest under your arm. I use these things where I'll put them on the side of my legs or at night. If it's not on top of me, it's under my arm. And it's that sense of touch. With that same gentle pressure that's you know falling onto on the side of you is very similar to the blanket pressure that's on top of you because it's a small portion of a corner of the pillow, but the pillow or but then the blanket has also just this little corner or this little sort of you know one foot by one foot little spot that yeah. does not have 15 pounds in it. And so it's the same thing. I'm like, oh my God, this is and that's what I got so excited with. I was like, oh, this is this is incredible, you know. You have this sense of touch always with you, and then you can squeeze it, you can hug it. But it's that sense of here's your companion. Here is your tool that is so simple and easy for you to activate and help yourself. Um, and it's your your stress ball. It's your new way of doing it. And I yeah, I mean, it 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 blows my mind slash makes me so happy because I can put my passion into this thing and nerd out and geek out and be like, oh, my God, I get to learn about science. We're all otherwise this stuff. I, I mean, I never would have found myself here. Um, and it, it is truly fascinating how these pillows activate that whole situation. I, uh, you were talking about the weighted blanket thing and just to kind of touch on that too, like there's a lot of people that struggle with that same type of thing. And with, with this, it's, you're not, it doesn't restrict you, you know, it's, it's just sort of there with you and you get the same effect without the overheating or without the, um, sort of the downsides, uh, to, to weighted blankets, you know? I mean, the, the claustrophobia is a big one, especially because like I mentioned, where, when you put weight on your body, you are activating, uh, something in your brain, you're, you're telling your brain to do something and too much weight puts too much of this out. And if you don't adapt to it, it can be overwhelming. So that is really enhanced where if a person gets a blanket, that's too big, and then they get stuck under it. They're stuck and that's where it's this weight of the pressure is really telling your brain to do something, but it's too much of something. And so they freak out. And if you've never lifted up a weighted blanket and you can say like, okay, well, it's only 12 pounds. Well, it doesn't feel like 12 pounds because yep. it's just like flopping all over the place. And it, it is, it is, it is, that is a very common complaint that I get from parents or like, it'll fall off the bed at night and then trying to like hoist it back up. It's not, I mean, it just. Like once it starts drifting off the side of the bed, then you have gravity and that momentum of the blanket. And it just sort of like right off the edge. And my son's 40 pound blanket used to do that off the top bunk and it would hit the floor <laughs> and wake me up. Mm -hmm. And then I would go back there and try and like throw it back up there. But you can't, I mean, it's just not, you know, it's not, uh, not ideal. I mean, we've had people say this is the best laptop pad ever, you know, uh, they read with it and it just. There's so many use cases for it compared to the the weighted blankets, like a weighted blanket 2.0 type of deal. It's, it's more where, versatile. Like mm -hmm. there's more usage cases for it, I think. Um, 
You know, I mean, I could see my, I could see my youngest just carrying it around, you know, and he goes to bed and he uses it. He takes it downstairs sit on the couch and uses it. I mean, like I, I used the, the 12 pound one and I, and I, that's what I was using is like a lap desk, you know, and I mm-hmm. put my iPad on there and I would just, you know, type away and whatever. And it is, I mean, it just, for me, like it works out really well. It's just, it's kind of calming. And even just having it sit on my lap and using it in that manner was, was relaxing, you know? Would you use a 16 pound one? I would absolutely use a 16 pound one. Yeah. So it's funny. We were going to come out with a 16 pound one, uh, and it was going to be the six, nine, 12, 16, 15, 16, somewhere around there. And figuring out how to do the 12 was one of the hardest tasks for having one that wouldn't pancake. But then I always thought, okay, 15, 16, that's going to be insane how to do this. And now that we have the, the 12 that works really well, I was, uh, you know, the hope is that's going to be one that comes eventually because I think we've got it to enough. I mean, you, you know, you're talking about where you don't feel this way. And yeah, I think it would be really cool to have the the 16 pound one, um, you know. Well, my kids love it. I love it. And uh, I think it's, I mean, I, I really think like, when you when we we first connected on this, I'm thinking like, weighted pillow. How does that? How does that? Can I tell work? the audience why we connected? Yeah, sure. So the Autism Dad website is actually one of the main reasons I also jumped into this. Where when this idea came to me and I start doing research and I'm trying to figure out, am I crazy? What weighted pillow? Come on, like someone's got to do this. And I type in weighted blanket alternatives, and this was the first thing I did to see what was on the market, and. Uh, there was an article from the autism dad. It was about the third hit on Google and I clicked that and I see something and I go, okay, hold on. So this is, this is, uh, an option that I don't even, you know, if it's functional, I don't know if it's very easily accessible. Then I look at, you know, the top one and two, and they're telling you dumbbells on your bed. They're telling you multiple weighted blankets. They're telling you beanbags on your bed, books in your bed. Mm -hmm. And these are the top options for weighted blanket alternatives. Weighted blankets are very popular. And the options they're telling you for the top hit on Google is a dumbbell. And then your article is also a very top hit. And it's saying, oh, maybe this Huggeroo thing. And no shame to any of those options. But I remember thinking, I'm going to do this. I'm going to reach out to the autism dad and say, hey, I have something that I think is a lot more modern and a lot more updated than the top one and twos. And we're going to have this new thing. So for two years, as I'm building it, I'm thinking, when I get there, I'm reaching out. And yes, you were one of the first people I reached out to. I said, I have this. Hey, check me out. This is really cool. You were the inspiration. Uh, I can't believe your article was on Google saying no other kind of viable option. And so that's where I found you. I was like, hey, this is this is crazy. Like I've been for two years. Yeah. And I and I remember I, when I got the first message, I was like, wait a pillow. How like I I would have assumed that there was already something out there like that. And there isn't. Right. And so it's crazy. which is just bizarre that nobody has thought of this before. But, uh, so I started checking out what, what you were doing and I thought, Oh, this is kind of, this is kind of cool. And then we had a really long discussion about it and you were, you were showing me everything that went into it and you told me about your personal story. And I thought like, wow, this is such a good idea. And it's, it's coming from someone who knows what it's like to experience those things, you know? And so that to me was, was one of my favorite parts of, of your story was just that, you experienced this growing up and, and in your life every day, and you wanted to create a solution to a problem that you were experiencing. And then you took it further and made it available to, to everyone. And, and that's a cool story. That's a really cool story. And you're in it for the right reasons, which is another thing that I always, I look for, you know, when you have that personal connection to it, you know, I mean, it's a business, you got to run a business, but it's also helping people. And that's, that and matters. I, yeah. And I appreciate that. And I think that was the, the most exciting part about the, the company as a whole is it, it is helping people. It's helping people like me and it's making me feel like I'm doing something correct or I'm doing the right thing mm-hmm. where I was in marketing before in tech. And which is actually how I, you know, you said the simple thing a bunch. I had a great uh, manager say, or a CMO say simple and easy. The hardest thing to do but it should always be the goal. And that was the goal of this product. It is to create a simple and easy way for someone to regulate their emotions, their issues, their mental health, or simply unwind 
And me being the person who struggled and came out with, you know, had a horrible side effects, horrible issues with these drugs and medication, giving people a tool and me explaining that tool. I mean, that is the, you know, the North Star for me. That is the most exciting thing in the world. Because there's times when I didn't think I'd have anything to do. I'd be like, there's no way I'm going to figure this, this life out um, because you're just in your head. And now I get to share my story and say, hey, this is something that can help you. I wish I had this back in the day when I was looking for solutions. Um, and it is simple and easy. And that's 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 the goal with this whole thing. And I mean, I, I absolutely love talking about it. I love learning about why it works and making products that people can you know, have an option, like I said, a tool in their toolbox. And that's, you know, I mean, I wish that a lot of these things that are available today were available back when my kids were younger, because I would have done anything to, to have some of these options available back then, because it would have made a difference. And so, you know, I mean, my kids can still benefit from it now, but you know, now you have an opportunity to, to maybe benefit from it sooner and, and to help, uh, you know, your child manage things in, you know, in a, in a more natural way, or at least take the edge off and, and just improve, you know, your quality of life. Maybe it helps them sleep better, which helps the parents sleep better. Maybe they don't need to go on an increased dose of a medication. Maybe they can start to taper down. I mean, there's a lot of positives, uh, to this and you know, I just, I feel good being able to, to present this and, and then you guys can decide what's best for your family. You know, I mean, we, we just want to, to share this information and and then you guys can go from there. So, so if people want to find out more about this, what is the best way for them to, to do that? Yeah. So it's onequietmind.com, O-N-E uh, spelled out versus the number. So O-N-E quietmind.com. You can go on there. You can see all of our pillows. Uh, we are quiet mind on Instagram at quiet mind. Uh, so it's at quiet mind, Instagram and www.onequietmind.com uh, where you can purchase the pillows. And yeah, they, they, really, they really do help and they really give people options that didn't otherwise exist, which is, which is the greatest part about it. So, so if people um, want to try it out and maybe uh, like it's, they find it's not a good fit for whatever reason, do they, can they return it? Yep, so you know, we're, we're free shipping, free returns, uh please try them out i always say it's best to start with if you're in between sizes you're unsure go with the smaller size to really test this out um easier for you and hey if you get the smaller size you're like actually i could have i could have done a bigger one send it back return it free returns free shipping we want this process to be really easy really simple you know take out the headaches for you um when you're buying uh because i know when you're thinking about all different decisions or is it gonna be hard and the return process also is very easy. We've made it so you basically you say, hey, you want to fill the uh, you go on the site, hit returns, put in your order number, say your reason. You're gonna get a QR code, prepaid shipping label, whatever you want to do to go drop it off to make it as simple and easy for you to enjoy the experience. I I really appreciate your time, man. Like it, it's such a fascinating story, and uh, thank you for being open about you know your experiences with ADHD because you're helping me better understand myself. And, you know, it's raising awareness, you know, and I think there's this misconception that adults don't have ADHD, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't just go away sometimes. Right. And, uh, so I, I think that's very beneficial. And, and I think that it's helpful to a lot of parents out there who are trying to better understand their kids and you were able to provide insight into what their kids might be experiencing and that can help them to be better parents and, and better navigate this whole thing. Cause there's no, no instruction manual for us. And, and, uh, it's always beneficial to learn from the people who have lived it, you know? And so that's, um, very helpful. So I really appreciate your, your openness and transparency with that. So thank you. Yeah, of course. I mean, I, I, I'm so happy to be on here and talking with you about it. It's one of the coolest things for me, especially cause it took me a little over two years to go from idea to out in the wild and to come here and talk with you about it and share how you impacted my life and got me to this point, um, it is it is very special and very meaningful. Uh, because like I said, I was doing tech marketing, nothing felt right, couldn't figure out what I was doing, and now I have this purpose. And finding purpose is one of the greatest gifts of this life. And so being able to share that and you know provide a, a simple and easy way for people to 
to help themselves out, calm their mind or quiet their mind uh, is, has really been a blessing for myself. That's very cool. I've been saying a lot lately, uh, like with the stuff that I do, it's a purpose to the pain, which I needed. Mm -hmm. Like everything that I've been through has helped me to find this purpose and I can use what I've been through to help other people and helping other people helps me. And, uh, and it sounds a lot like what you're doing and it's, it's, uh, it's a very cool thing. And I, I really appreciate your time and you guys can go to onequietmind.com. All the links will be in the show notes. You guys can like check all that stuff out there and, uh, you know, let me know, let me know what you guys think, because this is a really cool thing. And, uh, I'm going to be talking about it more as my kids are using it more. I'm, I'm really interested in how Emmett does with this, uh, over time, because I, I, I think it's going to be a very positive thing for him. And that is a very positive thing for me. So I, I really appreciate it, man. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. And please, yes, if, if you guys get some pillows, send me messages on uh, Quiet Mind on Instagram. Send a message to hello at One Quiet Mind. I love all the feedback. I love talking about these pillows. It's so exciting to me. And I just, any feedback you have, everything's welcome. So please reach out. Please reach out. Uh, it, it makes this whole process a lot more fun. Uh, so Rob, thank you so much for having me. This was, this was very, very cool to, to put it simply. Well, I, I appreciate it, man. Thank you. Real quick, before I let you go, I just want to say thank you for tuning in. I, I really appreciate it, and I hope you enjoyed this episode, and it has a positive impact on your life, because that's what I'm aiming for here. As a reminder, you can visit listen.theautismdent.com. You can learn about me and anything related to the show. You can subscribe on any one of your favorite podcast listening apps so you never miss a new episode. And please take a moment and rate us on Apple Podcasts. There'll be a link in the show notes below for you just to click. and It'll take you right there. It takes like 30 seconds and it makes a big difference. So it's a great way to support the show and uh, help keep the wheels turning. So have a great week and we'll talk soon.